Hello, She Before Me family, and we're back with another episode of She Before Me, the podcast uh, dedicated to cultivating confidence, worth, and purpose in all women. Whew. Today, um, we are doing an interview um, with a close friend of mine, and one of the topics I've, I've just been wanting to really tackle is this uh, childhood toxicities. I feel like um, the root of who we are as women, a lot of it stems from just our childhood, you know, and um, may it be good times, bad times, traumatic times, whatever, um, it 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 influences us as we become who we are. And so um, growing up with this special young lady, uh, we met kind of later on, like we knew each other, but like I didn't really get to know you know you until like our adulthood, um, but even then, just hearing some of your stories growing uh, about growing up, I'm like, damn, this girl has really been through some stuff. So, um, welcome, Dominique, here on the show. I know when I was like, y'all need to interview, like, oh shit, but <laughs> you're like, what are we talking about? Facts, uh, like, your life. Yeah, every other time I'm like, <clears throat> so I got what day was it? I think I'm gonna be sick. No, I know. Uh, like I said, we we met kind of later on. And we talked about like you'll you'll give me some stories here and there about like man like my childhood was rough my mom did this my dad not absent or absent and did that or whatever um, and so I've never really gotten to the root of your whole entire story uh, but I know that there was some some trauma I feel like for you. Um, that you've spoken on before, so I was like, you know what? Let's let me get her in to talk about it. Um, not to like, you know, gash open past wounds or anything, but I think it's something that a lot of women could definitely relate to. I think um, just restoring a lot of who we are. Um, it starts with just the beginning of where a lot of that past hurts or wounds and scars have come from, and so um, I think a lot of it has to do with just our parents. You know, I feel like. It was a time where our parents were learning how to parent. They were young, and so they ne- they didn't necessarily get it right. Um, There's a lot of different areas I feel like they probably struggled in or could have done better. But again, um, we can't change it. We can only kind of you know fix it ourselves and start to mend ourselves and think about who we want to be as parents to our children, right? So I wanted to start off with just, or how did you know that you were in like, a different type of like home you, you notice that this this home is not like everybody else's something is off here I know this is wrong this isn't right what what the hell is going on here you know what I mean um well uh, I should preface everything by saying my okay. mother is Haitian okay West Indian parents are a whole different breed of parent I'll say that okay how so um, they tend to be a lot stricter, have high expectations uh, with a lot of foreign families. I mm-hmm. mean, you get that r- across the board for any first generation immigrant. Just family. high expectations. Of Just high kids. expectations of being successful. And I always joke that, you know, in Haitian families, you find a lot of engineers, uh-huh. a lot of nurses, a lot of doctors because they push. Academics. Yeah, I can see success, that. Make money. You know, right, right. Do what makes money. You know. So, I mean, 
I won't tell. I don't know when okay. I thought we were different. <laughs> yeah. I have many stories. One of them I recanted recently to my significant other about my shoes. Okay. Um, and how you cackled at that story. But back in high school. Okay. Here, here's one example. Back in high school, I borrowed a sweater from my mom. And my mom is very particular about her clothing. Mm-hmm. And as far as her clothing is concerned, like, if you return it, return it in the same condition she gave it to you. And I had gotten something on the shirt, so mm-hmm. I washed it. Okay. My mistake, the washing is fine. My mistake came in drying said shirt. And okay. I shrunk that shirt. And I had just got these fresh new K-Swiss. Fresh. Like, everybody was walking the white with the navy blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the white with the royal blue, so I'm thought I'm like, yeah, yeah. different. You so know you went there. You went there. Right. And my mom was so pissed about the shirt shrinking in the dry that she took these sneakers and stabbed them up with a knife. I don't know if it was a knife or a pair of scissors, but she stabbed the shit out the shoes. Wow. Like, whatever, wow. You acting like, wow, you've heard this story before. <laughs> I don't remember this. Y- you cackled so hard. It was you, Robin. Everybody went there because she made me wear the shoes. Like, you can't just, like, a Haitian parent buys you something, you best use it. So it's like, so what? I did this shit to your shoe. I don't remember that. For real. Shoes. Yep. And I remember someone, it was you or someone else saying, Dominique, Dominique, stop. Wait, what happened to your shoes? And I explained, my mom stabbed up the shoes. And everybody cackled. And I'm like, oh, man. Just. But at this point, like, I had been used to, like, my mom's special breed of discipline, mm-hmm. quote, mm-hmm. craziness. Um, I should also preempt by saying I love my mother dearly. She yes. Has, she can be a very sweet woman, but when she's angry, she's angry. Right. Um, but that's just one example. I mean, there have been lots of different examples since then, you know, prior to that, I should say, that let me know that I was living in a different type of household. Um, but it wasn't until I was probably a senior in high school that I realized that my parents had their own personal struggles and turned to, you know, alcohol or mm-hmm. not communicating or just being all around just being all around spiteful to one another or being, you know, vindictive, like, so, I mean, there was a lot. There was okay. so many instances I can, I can't, but that was just probably one of the more comical ones. Some of the stuff I actually, um, blacked out of memory. It wasn't until I reconnected with a friend as an adult mm-hmm. that I had in middle school and she was like, I remember when your mom threw away my shoes. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, I remember there was a day that you didn't have gym shoes and I let you borrow my shoes and you took them home, and I was completely fine with that. Like, I encouraged it. Mm-hmm. And your mom threw them away. And I'm like, what? I didn't remember, but I remember how traumatic I felt as a kid. Yeah. Like, being nervous to go tell my friend, oh, my mom threw out your shoes. Mm-hmm. Because in her mind, like, you don't need to, anybody to bring you shit. Like, I buy everything you need. You mm-hmm. don't need shit. Especially from, like, you know, poor white people. Like, that was yeah. her attitude at yeah. the time. And I'm like, but they're not my shoes. <laughs> Why do you suppose she was so mean? She's different. Um, my aunt likes to joke that she was the only one born in a hospital. Like, in Haiti, a lot of people were born at home. Okay. Because they had nurses and things at home. Like, my family was, you know, I won't say well off. Like, my grandfather worked for the government back when the government had, back when there was mm-hmm. an established government. So, they were okay. And she was the only one who was born at a hospital. Everyone mm-hmm. else was born at home. So, my, my aunt likes to joke that that's what made her crazy. Yeah. Like, she didn't have some whatever superstitious covering over the house or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, 
I guess I can blame it on her own childhood trauma. Like, I was just going to say, was it something that, like, she kind of endured? or Because, you know, sometimes it's, like, it's generational. Like, this is the generational curse that, like, you know, our parents were beaten, so they got to beat their kids. And, and I feel like maybe that's just how they think our culture is, is just keep your kids in line by just being mean and just mm-hmm. being a direct, being directed, um, being thor- authoritative. Yeah, yeah, keeping them scared and fearful. Um, but how do you suppose that, like really affected you as a kid um i mean i grew up praying my mom yeah yeah my mom is five foot nothing yeah in high school like by the time i was in middle school i was already taller than her but i was afraid of her yeah you know um mom's like anybody who's haitian will tell you like anything would become a weapon i remember getting slapped in the face with a knife i remember getting hit with a broomstick or a mop stick and not just hit one two times i mean talking about seriously beat and my mom was crazy it's like she'll attest to this day that i wasn't a bad kid Mm mm-hmm you know, and she knows that. Um, I think she just had a fear of me getting out of line. And, again, it's something that she knew. I don't always understand her trauma because she hasn't shared it with me. Right. I do know there might have been some difficulty between she, her and her mother. Mm-hmm. She and her mother. But my grandfather apparently doted on her. And he was, like, yeah. amongst her favorite. His okay. favorite. But... I just assumed that, like, whatever she got from her mom, she just felt the need to give to me, but, yeah. Did you ever feel like you wanted to, like, run away, though? Many times. Did you ever? No. Um, I got put out plenty of times prior to that. Like, my mom would kick me out, and I would always sit out on the porch mm-hmm. until I was 18 when I thought I was grown. Oh, I'm an adult now. I can walk away. I got yeah. people I can yeah, go to. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got a whole license and a job. Like, right. you know, when I was 18, that's 17, 18, that's when I left. But prior to that, you know, of course I wanted to run away. I had a whole book. Yeah. My cousin was, she, I had two of my cousins live with me before we got to high school, Mm -hmm. and they were looking to start high school with me, which would have been great, but um, my my older cousin, Marsha, she helped me set up a plan. Here's Mm -hmm. what you're going to do. Get a job. Mm -hmm. Save your money. Mm -hmm. This is how you're going to run away. This is how you're going to get Escape plan. Right. And it wasn't like it was leave abruptly. It was like leave the right way. Right. Like graduate high school, get into college, go away, don't come back kind of attitude. Did you ever feel like she was ever proud of you kind of growing up? Hell no. No words of affirmation of just kind of like, you're doing great. Because from what I remember, like, you were an honor student. You did well in school, excelled. So when you're when I'm thinking of you, when you're saying uh, these um, African descent or Haitian or Caribbean or whatever, um they have these high expectations of the kids. I'm thinking, well, out of the group that we were in, I feel like you were the one of the few that were like honor student, um, very articulate at a young age, very mature. Um, and so I, I, I didn't see failure. I didn't see um, a kid who um, deserved to be put in line. I think you were always respectful. You didn't get in fights. Like you were, um, like you said, a good kid. So I'm just, I'm just trying to tie how does she how do you perceive her thinking that you were a bad kid um to she, she didn't think i was a bad kid like i said to this day she'll tell you dominic is a good little person like i'm still a kid okay she'll say that and she'll say it to me yeah she may not like me very much but you know she loves me um she was always bragging to other people about me okay as far as and then don't get me wrong every now and again she would give me that speech you can do anything you want to do yeah just whatever you set mm-hmm. your mind to you can do it like the motivational speeches. right but never i'm proud of you Never, um, I see you. Like, yeah. it, my mom just became expectant. Like, it got so, let me tell you, this is how good I was as a kid. 
my parents never even checked my report card. Mm-hmm. After elementary school, yeah. you know how we got private sports? Yeah. Kids would run home to how to beat their parents so they could get it. I didn't care. I knew what I was getting. And they knew. They never checked. Mm. I mean, it's a wonder, you know, they didn't have to sign things back in the day. But, yeah. Like, Why do you say? They just knew. Yeah. Why do you well. say she didn't like you? Like, she doesn't like me. Like, I always had that feeling my mom didn't like me because I was never, like, I'm a simple, I was always a simple kid. I'm mm-hmm. kind of low-key, like, you know, yeah. I'm, like, real mellow. Like, I know how to get rowdy and have fun, don't yeah. get me wrong, but, like, for the most part, like, I'm simple. Right. And she always wanted someone who was super confident and sassy yeah. and kind of the life of the party, you know, change the atmosphere of a room when you walk in. And I've never been that. I've always been, been kind of a walk. I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more of a person who kind of keeps themselves until... I'm called on, and when I'm called on, that's when I shine. Like, you know. Yeah. Because I, I that for me. Because I know that you are an extremely talented person uh, of the arts. I mean, very knowledgeable. You're cultured. You're, um, you're an amazing individual. So, so just wonder. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just wondering how that affected your your worth and confidence as a kid, and even into like teenage years. How, what 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 were you going through then? There's so much trauma there too. So. I wasn't allowed to be really much of an individual. You know, like, when you go back, think about your high school room, middle school, high school, elementary school, you had word up posters and shit on the wall, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? People going to concerts, drawing things, things going on the wall. Like, you had, your room said who you were. Right. You walked in. My mom was not that mom. Like, she would buy decorative items, like, a lot of precious moments, cutesy things, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not into this, but it's cute, I'll keep it. Stuffed animals everywhere, yeah. but like... Any art that I had, I would keep in a portfolio tucked behind my bed. I was in fifth grade. My dad decided to clean my room and threw away that art portfolio. The whole thing. And that scarred me a little. Mm-hmm. They did it again in middle school. Mm-hmm. And when my mom kicked me out, or when I left at 18 and she made sure I stayed out, she threw away everything I owned, including my artwork. A wow. lot of my artwork. So I, the trauma of that is, like, when I paint, I don't finish anything because, to me, it's worthless. Mm. The people who cared, who were supposed to care about me the most threw that shit away. Right. And it hurt. Right. And so, I feel like art is a big part of you. Part of a big part of who you are. It is. Um They were I, trying to mold you, it seems like they were trying to mold you into something that you weren't. Yeah. I'm not that I wasn't. It's just they didn't let me find my way mm. to do that, to get to that person. Like I remember as a kid and I only realized this, like a lot of memories are just becoming unlocked. My boyfriend got me a, a mannequin head so I can do hair because mm-hmm. I do hair for a living. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to ask for a Barbie doll head. Just the head, you know, the head mm-hmm. so I could yeah, do the hair. Yeah. Never got one. Not a big deal, right? Because you're a kid. Anytime I got a Barbie, which was all the time, my mom wanted me to put them away and collect them. Mm. I would mess up the hair immediately. Like, just get in the hair. And she would yell and cuss and scream and take toys away or beat, whichever, whatever it was disciplinary that she would do. And I realized, like, you never gave me that. Like, who knows what kind of hair I could have been doing now mm-hmm. if I could just follow that. And, mm-hmm. Or what kind of painting I could be. If you see your kid has an interest, regardless of whether or not you see it as a viable source of income, right? try. Right. Because I bet you that kid can probably focus in on it and it will become something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I never really developed into a full person, I think. And I dealt with that in my relationships because I kind of let people run all over me because of that like you tell me how to do this I know how it should be done in my mind but you tell me how at what point did you begin to really find a sense of self I'm still working on it really? I can't I can't front I know that I'm still working on it like 
a lot of people knew exactly who they were when they were in high school. I was just an honor student. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to be, what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. I had no real focus. Mm-hmm. When I got to freshman year of college, here I am in this great school. All the world is my oyster. I'm just waiting to find my pearl. And I had no idea what I wanted to major in. I didn't even know if college was for me. I just knew I wanted the college experience. Frat, sorority, parties. I wanted the experience. Right. I didn't necessarily want the degree. I didn't know what I wanted it in. Right. You know? I had no focus. I was just expected to do well. That's it. Mm-hmm. That was go forth and conquer. You just do well. Right. Okay. I had right. no passion at that point. Right. I just knew get good grades. Hmm. So, have you ever, like, I know for me, at one point, I, I had to, when I became an adult, I had to sit down with my dad and be like, I know a lot of the toxic things that I go through or have gone through is because of the fact that you were absent. Like, where were you? And it was just like a real conversation, you know. I'm an adult now. Tell me the freaking truth. Why? Why? And I feel like that why is the biggest thing that um, that lingers on us and weighs heavily on us. It's like, just give me an answer. Tell me something so that I can relate, I can understand, I can now, uh, you know, wash away because... I I can say that it wasn't my fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give me something. Um, did you sit down with your parents? Have you ever had conversations with, um, it sounds like particularly your mother, that you may have a lot more issues with. Um, have you ever just sat down and said, this is how I felt growing up. This is where I, This is where I felt so lonely. This is where I felt damaged or hurt uh, and... It was because of you, you know what I mean? And sometimes those hard truths are just needed to be said to our parents and even for our own healing, if anything, right? So, like, you could basically have a whole series on my childhood because, like, I got mommy, daddy issues like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, of course I tried that. Of course. What was the the first time you sat her down? What was that conversation like? My mom has a hard time moving from the past. Like, Mm -hmm. I've messed up a lot in my life. But does she recall it? Does she remember? All she... Just... Anytime I try to talk to her, all she can do is recall all the times I've screwed up my life. Mm. Starting from 18 and going forward. Okay. Because that's when I started to go free, be wild, whatever you want to call it. Um, my mom dealing with whatever frustration she's had in life. I don't want to call them demons because I don't really know. Yeah. Okay. I can be honest and say this. I don't really know my mother on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I know who she is as my mother. Right. I don't know who she is as a woman and that's important. I don't know what her struggles were being a single mom or I don't know what her struggles were with dealing with my ex, my her ex, mm-hmm. her exes. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole there's a whole lot to unpack there yeah. between having me being married out of wedlock. There's so much there to unpack. And Do she you doesn't feel like pause there because uh, I forgot. So you, she wasn't married when she had you. Oh, no, she was definitely married. Okay, she was married. Yeah, real talk. Like, she was married and I was not a product of that marriage. Oh, and she had you for okay yeah there was i and i still i really don't have the facts and the truth i just know that the man she was married to who i'm mm-hmm. in contact with now 
is not my father. Right. But I was conceived and born in the middle of their marriage. Wow, okay. Do you feel like that's a reason why, you know? She, the thing is about West Indian parents is that they don't feel that they deserve, we deserve an explanation. Mm. I'm your mother, that's it. But what do you think? What do you feel? Hell yeah, there's a a whole ass explanation. I should know how I was conceived. No, no, not not necessarily an explanation, but like, do you feel like that's why... Your mom, um, being from such a high standard culture, um, had this child, chose to have this child. I mean, because she could have, you know, uh, aborted or, you know, adopted. Put it for adopt. Yeah. So here you are, born. um, And sometimes I feel like a lot of their past um, anger and hurts and frustrations are projected onto onto kids, Mm -hmm. and that's why we become so damaged. Is because, you know, they screwed up. Um. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I'm my mother's biggest shame. Mm. The fact I shouldn't say I am me, but the shame fact though, that, shame, because not only was I a child born in the middle of a marriage that I wasn't part of, mm-hmm. but she never told me who my dad was. Oh, she kept that shit secret right. from me for years. I mean, when I say years, I was 18 when I found out. And prior to that. I found out neighbors around the corner knew, neighbors down the street, family members, everybody around me knew. How did that make you feel when she told you that? First of all, she told me in front of school. She, it was right around the time I got kicked out and she was trying to get me to move back in because she was not happy with the fact that I found a place to lay my head at night and she tried to drag me out of school Mm -hmm. and she had been drinking and... At that point, she yelled out, that's when I tried to go back to class. Now, mind you, the whole commons area, the library, the main office, anybody who was anybody in the parking lot, all the officers, deans, everybody. Um, She decides to yell out, well, that's fine. You want to go back in the building or whatever she said. I was going to tell you about your father. I was going to show you his picture. And all I could think of is. What the fuck does that mean? And I'm sorry, I don't know if I can curse, but yeah, yeah, like that's sweet, really yeah. the real thought that came to my yeah. head. Like, what does that mean? Because I'd already seen a picture of her ex. Yeah. And I know the man who I thought was biologically my father. So what do you mean? And that was a really manipulative tool that she used Ooh. to try to rein me back in. And I'm like, my world just blew up in front of all school. Mm. And it's out here that... Was she able to... uh, She's never even told me who the man is. I didn't find out until, like, 2016. And that would make you how old? In 2016, you were... What, 20... I don't remember. 32? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I'm 32, and I'm just speaking to the man who plays my my body in her... You know what I'm saying? Just... Sperm, whatever the fuck. And turns out he's not a good person either. And, like, now it's like, who am I? Mm. What kind of diseases do I need to be concerned about? Do I have a brother who I could potentially run into, like, and not know it? And think he's, oh, he's attractive, but, you know, find out, oh, shit, he's my brother. Like, you know, and I have a little sister. When you, as a parent, are dishonest about who you are as a person, this is for the parents. Tell your children who you are as a person. They need to know you as a person, not just their parent. Obviously, they know you as your parent. That's their life experience. But as a person, they need to know because it helps them avoid mistakes. Mm. Huge mistakes. Until she told me, until, I shouldn't say that, until I found out the entirety of the story, which I didn't find out until I was 30-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until I was 30, from her ex. Until right. I found that out. 
I didn't realize I was basically reliving her life with the exception of having a kid out of wedlock. Wow. Like, with with the exception of cheating on my husband and getting pregnant, like, I was basically leading her oh, almost identical. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, okay, that has to stop. And it's a wonder I'm like walking and talking and a functioning adult as I am because I'm going through this trying to figure out who I am. When you look back, um, you said she had some brothers or sisters or family members. Mm-hmm. Um, did they share similar characteristics with raising their kids? Yes. Okay. And a lot of us are jacked up for it. We all had a lot of promise, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my closest cousins, he was smarter than me and talented when I tell you when it came to basketball like super talented Mm -hmm. and short but he could move right and he jacked his whole life up he had everything handed to him he lived in Naperville went to the best school district that's one of the best school districts in the state you know what I mean his dad provided for him but was just as hard on him as my mother was on me and he took a different path and incidentally he's living his life exactly like his dad did in that now he's got this many kids and that kid out of wedlock and Right. Like, all my uncles are philanderers. So, yeah, that tells you, like, he was a philanderer. And then the only one who kind of did a little different was my aunt. And that's only because she's, like, super saved, right. super hyper-Christian. And even her kids are jacked. I was going to say, because did you even try to, like, reach out to family members as a kid growing up? You know, sometimes we latch on to an auntie or, you know, a cousin or somebody to be like, yo, help me, save me, or... Cousin, are you going through the same shit as I'm going through? She to kind of be away from all the people that I wanted to be around, that I felt safe with, and I was really hurt for that. I'm not originally from the state. People who know me know I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, and I had all my closest relatives. And that by close, I don't mean physically or proximity. I mean close, like I had a hard attachment mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Away from all of them, my godmother my closest cousins who I spent a year of my life with when right. I first came to this country. Right. Because I was born overseas. And she moved me away from all of them. And then the cousins who I connected with here, my close guy cousin I just told you about, she moved me further away from moving to South Asia. was probably one of those. Like, oh, she's just on purposely trying to isolate you most of your life. That's what it felt like. And I don't know, maybe it was an attachment thing. She just wanted me to alter herself. I don't know. I did find that anytime I made friends, or got close with a friend's family, it was, why don't you go live with them? Mm. Oh, let them take you to church since you want to be this, that, and other. Like, she did that a lot. What was your escape, though? You know, for me, my escape was, like, going to school. <laughs> like, never wanted to stay home, because that would be, like, the worst. Um, or even, like, you know, I was playing basketball or something like that, so being able to have an extracurricular that I was allowed to do. I mean, by no means was my mom on any level close to yours, but um, there was just some levels of just anger I felt like she held on to. That wasn't necessarily our fault, but it was it was balanced out by having some type of escape, whether it be we get to go over our grandmother's house or I get to go to practice, you know, go to school just to kind of release. What was your release back then? Um, and how important was it for you? The immediate was always, like, I read the newspaper a lot when I was a kid. I read a lot. So it was, like, books, TV, track, school. That was it. Every now and again, I would get to go to my aunt's house. She's my one aunt by blood. I have mm-hmm. aunts by marriage, but she's the one aunt by blood that I closest in proximity. And 
she kind of took me on. And she was the one who would spoil kids because she's the youngest girl. Mm-hmm. So she would kind of spoil us. She was strict, like I said, but she wasn't. She was fun at the same time. Okay. Like she knew how to have fun. My mom was like, fun. Yeah, What's yeah, yeah. fun? Right. I'll show you fun. You know, but. Um, yeah, and then summers where my mom would kind of let go of the rain a little bit and send me off to New Jersey or Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I would wild out because, yeah. you know, I wasn't around her. Yeah. So I love your escapes. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, when I was at home, yeah, books, TV. I know a lot of classic TV because I spent a lot of time watching it. So what about, did you ever like reach out to um, sometimes friends? I know someone once told me that like, you know, they would tell, you know, their best friend about some of the trauma that they were going to. Did you have somebody to rely on to be like, hey, this is what I'm really going through? Or were you really one of those people who held all this shit in? And was just going through turmoil inside this whole time? I had once my mom had kind of viciously beat me. I mean, when I say vicious, she took, remember those coaxial cables we used to, not the ones I got today, but like old school cables that used to connect your TV to the box? Mm-hmm. Those are made with like wire inside of the plastic that covers more wire. I remember getting beat with that, and when I tried to stop her, she bit my arm, trying to get me to let go of that cable, because I caught it in my hand, and then she tried, she bit me on the ear real hard. So I had bite marks. And this is back in middle school where you're changing for gym. Mm-hmm. And a friend, not really even a close friend, a friend saw that. What happened to your arm? Dominique, what happened to your arm? My mom bit me. And that was the closest I'd ever come to that, because next thing you know, DCFS is at the door, and she's ready to throw me out. She can take her toothbrush. Get her the fuck out of my house. So DCFS did come to your door, you said? Yep. And me being a child, not knowing what I wanted in life, like, Mom, I love you. I'm going to stay home. Right. That's all I know. Yeah. I don't have any brothers and For sisters. For sure. Then um, they play that, like, reverse psychology on you. Like, yeah, pack your shit. Leave. I'm like, a kid. Yeah. You that don't shit know. works. Yeah. And that was the last time I tried. After that, no. Nah. Everyone just assumed my mom was crazy. Like, ah, ha, ha, your mom is crazy. And I was like, yeah, she's crazy. I joke with people because, like, everybody around me knew my mom was, like, crazy, but they thought, crazy fun, crazy. She says whatever comes to her mind, and it's like, cool. Everyone loves my mom, and I'm not telling people to not love her. She has her own thing she's dealing with. She's a very generous, loving person, and I think she's just been hurt Mm -hmm. giving too much of herself. But... Yeah, my mom was mean. So (laughs) you're saying she was a completely different person to outsiders? No, she was exactly who she was. Oh, okay. That's the thing. But people think it's a joke. Like, you know when you watch, like, somebody, a comedian on TV, and they act like they're drunk, and you're like, ah, that's funny, oh, he's a crack, but they're a real crack in real life? Right, right. Like, it's a real, like, that. Okay. Like, people think, oh, this is funny, but, like, okay, it's funny until you live there. I've had relatives live with me who Mm -hmm. said, I don't know how you made it 18 years. Right. I couldn't make it a couple months. Super, super, super heavy um, traumatic events that you've undergone. Mentally, you know, that, that stuff just kind of eats away at you. Um, you feel isolated. You feel depressed. You feel alone. Um, did you ever have any kind of like suicidal ideations? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I would spend, and I don't want to take anything away from my father. I have to be real clear. I love the man. I really do. He stepped in where no one else would. Right. But he was a very absentee, present father. Okay. I, my mom used to have to tell him to tell me he loved me. Right. Like, hey, make sure you tell them you love her. 
It was not like he didn't love me. It's just he wasn't very communicative. Right. And very absent. So I have to throw that in because I can't just lay the blame on my mom. But hell yeah, I had suicidal ideations. I would spend hours crying, wishing I would just die. Um, I wish I had cut myself or plenty of times where I was walking to the bus and I wish the bus would hit me. Or I'm walking to the bus because I used to have a, a, like a, a 10 minute walk to the bus stop like in the snow, hoping that a snow drift would be just big enough to cover me up so that someone would back out and hit me hard enough. Yeah, of course. Jumping off bridges. You're an, I'm an only child, so any kind of, any fluctuations in the household would definitely give me anxiety and cause me to just walk on eggshells. It wasn't fun. And I think I could have been a wonderful person. And I'm not saying, trying to say I'm not a wonderful person. I'm just saying I could have been something different. Do you feel like you don't have the choice now? Mm-hmm. The decisions that I made were all based on the way that I was raised. Mm-hmm. And not saying I was trying to follow them. It's more like, because I was raised a certain way, I tried to be, I tried to deviate. Mm-hmm. When deviating didn't work, I tried to assimilate. When assimilation didn't work, right. I was just lost. And so those mistakes have kind of cornered me to where I've had to try to fight my way out. I'm still kind of in the corner. I have a vision now, but... Like, I'm still, I f- still feel my back pressed against the wall trying to get out of the dumb decisions that I've made based on how I felt and what I thought I needed, what I thought was right, what I thought. Like, I will say, like, who I was, I'm not that person and I'm very grateful for. But, like, if I had the chance to go back, I would talk to that person, I'm like, you don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This isn't for you. Like, if only you knew just how low. Do you feel like everything you feel as a quote-unquote mistake, you you said you you kind of take it back to childhood and say, like, this is maybe the reason um, for that? I don't blame my... Like, I, I, I said it to her face. I want to make that clear. And she knows that. Like, I've said it to her face. I've said it to my dad. I don't blame them. Okay. They did the best they could with what they had. I wish I had been more of a whole person to have the gumption to say no when I needed to say no or yes when I should have said yes. But how, do, how do we how do we try to become whole when we have so many voids, um, so many wounds that that scar us for so long and it's not so much, and I, and I don't want to put the blame on parents, you know, but but I do in, in the same token, right? Because I feel like we have to be more intentional about how we're raising kids. We have to care about their mental and emotional stability because it's going to matter when they become adults. Um, whether or not they fully know or not, and it's like, I may never not I may never become a whole person because of these these scars that I have that I can't even heal, right? And because of that, I can't maybe my discernment is off. Maybe my emotional stability is off. Maybe sometimes I say or do stupid things, um but a lot of it could be the root of that, 
you know? See, the way I've navigated it thus far is like this. And unfortunately, this is the way it has to be because I wasn't raised as a person. I tell people, like, you remember, you're raising a person. You're right. not raising a, a child. Like, you're not raising a pet right. to follow orders. You're raising a person to make right. their own decisions. Um, I had to learn how to be a person through my relationships. All of them failed with the exception of the current one, which, you know, yeah. is a challenge in and of itself. But those relationships allowed me to be able to look back and say, here's what I think they did wrong. Here's what I think yeah. I did wrong. And that's the thing. It takes, it, you have to be willing to say, here's what I did wrong. Right. Like, but I'm a very, um, I don't know how to, I'm an introspective person. Okay. I, I looked at myself and think, I'm in my head a lot, trying to f- decipher and dissect actions, even even this the conversation feel, we're having right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like that's a common thing, though, you know? When, like, when, as soon as something goes bad, we, we think, okay, what, most people are like, okay, me first. What did I do? What I would have? What should I have done? But also, on a deeper level, beneath that, there may be some, you know, underneath layers that may not necessarily have to do with me. It may have to do with how I was raised. Well, right. Like I said, it's on, but it's only in our our relationships that I figure okay. that out. Like, okay. let's say, for example, in this relationship, it is a constant argument, unfortunately, and I'm trying to fix it. Right. Where I'm always in my head and I assume other people are, are on the same page as me. Uh-huh. Because I just move at the speed of light. Like, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it now. And it's an issue that I don't communicate what's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Let's say we have something planned and I could I have to go and give, here's what I want to do. And in my head, I'm like, well, I already know what I want to do. This person should know what I want to do, so let's do it. Mm-hmm. That communication right there has caused arguments. Now, why do I have that problem? Well, because when I was a kid, my parents never really talked to me. Yeah, we were a household of three. Any decisions were made. I was never a part of them. My mom would do whatever she wanted to do. If my dad wanted to do something, he might bring it up to my mom. But at the end of the day, my mom kind of ran yes, no, this up, mm-hmm. down, left, right. This is how things are gonna go. I never really got to process what communicating was right. like. Okay. Now my partner, on the other hand, he would grow up in a house where they have family people. meetings. Oh, okay. Let's discuss it. We we clearly yeah. have a problem here. Let's talk it out. Yeah. We're going to schedule. They had family meetings where they were able to really get to the nitty gritty of what a problem was or mm-hmm. if they had to do something. I didn't have that. Okay. So getting into a relationship with someone who's very communicative because he was raised that way and yep. someone who wasn't and it's always in her head. Like I'm always in my head because that's who I had to talk to mm-hmm. deciphering problems. We're constantly going to have this problem where in my mind, communication means if there's something wrong, you talk about it when there's something wrong. Okay. Not when there's everything going right. Yeah. Yeah. Which you should. Yeah, so family is the nucleus. Then as we be, as we get older, mm-hmm. there's layers that we begin to learn through relationships, whether it's personal relationships, friendships, you know, even parenting. Um, but still, it goes back to that nucleus, right? And yeah. it just, how, does that, how does that look for people? And this is why restoration has become such a forefront of why I I even wanted to, I even started this podcast in the first place because I feel like we have to get to the root of restoration and a lot of that nucleus a lot of those problems stem from childhood and how do we get to a place where we can begin to have conversations we can ask our whys we can heal we can um, move past it and grow from it and just just get that release 
that's been weighing heavy most of our lives so that we can be better people, so that we can be stronger for our kids, so we can be wiser, so we can be free and at peace and, and balanced. How are you going to get that restoration? Where are you going to get it from? Do you feel like you're at a place where it's no use because you feel like your your mom, especially, or your dad are not going to talk to you or tell you or um, even admit to their faults, uh, you know, of what happened with you growing up and so much of um, the shit that went on and how it how it how it hangs heavy on you now. I mean, because from the from what I'm hearing is that you're still at a place of, you know, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. I'm still a little damaged. I'm still going through relationships where I struggle because of this this nuclear uh, family unit that had put so much stress on me. How are you going to overcome that? I don't know. Um, some of that stuff I have just had to let slide. Like my problem is, and it's always been my problem. Is I I I want closure. I always want there to be I'm a resolution. Person too, yeah. Yeah, I always want there to be a resolution. Like, if mm-hmm. any argument is had, we should finish it, mm-hmm. not come back to it and revisit it. Mm-hmm. Which I've even had to learn. Like, even that we need to do sometimes because it gets too volatile. But when it comes to my parents, I just have to accept what I accept. My parents are never going to talk to me about this stuff. They're never going to be that open to it. One, my dad is not really a talker okay. to begin with. He doesn't really talk about his emotions. You, He has them. I've seen him be emotional. Um, But as far as what he's feeling and thinking, he's not going to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, My mom outright refuses or pretends to forget. Or maybe she is actually forgetful because... You know, things do slip our memory. Is that enough? Girl, I can't I, I But not even not oh, even necessarily demanding an answer from them. But what about just the release of being able to say, This is how you made me feel. This is why I am the way I am today. This is the reason why I am, you know See, that's expecting too much from those people though. At the end of the day, I have to accept ownership that I know mm-hmm. and find some sort of comfort in that. Because in that, if I try to reach out, for, I'll die before my mom ever says, here's what I'm glad you told me or I didn't know that. Or will actually sit and listen to me speak because that's another thing. Speaking to her means she's constantly talking over you. Okay. Um, I just have accepted that some things I'll never get closure on who my dad is really because at the end of the day she's still not telling me much and what whoever I talk to may or may not have been him meeting him would I have to let that go expecting my mother to even sit and have this conversation I have to let that go at some point as an adult I have to own my shit mm-hmm. like whatever they gave me okay and try to work through it whether it's through therapy my friends family prayer whatever it has to take but I have to own it and adjust. I I know that I'm doing well with it because I see it in my own kids. Okay. Like, anytime that I feel frustrated about who I am as a person because I felt I fell so far short of what I was expected to be, given, you know, all the accolades in high school and in college, I fell so far short of who that person was supposed to be that I often get depressed. I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be doing this, I should be making mm-hmm. this kind of money. 
anytime I think that, I look at my kids. Them, they're doing so well. Like, I thought I was doing well. They're doing well in areas that I couldn't mm-hmm. excel because I wasn't allowed to be social. I wasn't allowed to have that creativity. Yeah. I wasn't allowed yeah. to be a person. The fact that I'm seeing it in my children mm-hmm. and they're excelling academically, that's the only piece I can offer myself. Right. The fact is, I'm stopping it with me. Like, it's not going to continue. It started that way with my daughter until she hit about 11. I had to readjust because I was acting just like my mom, and I realized it wasn't working because mm-hmm. my daughter is a much more defined child than I was. Okay. But when I adjusted for her, I realized, oh, wait, here's a situation that works. Here's how, here's what works. This is everything I wanted from my mom. But what is their relationship like with your mom now? <laughs> my mom thinks I've made every mistake possible for Kylie. She thinks I'm trying to raise her to be exactly like me. Which, in some ways, yes, I want her to be the me that I couldn't be. Mm. Not necessarily the way I want it to be, but whoever she is, I want her to get it the same way I would have wanted to get it. I wanted to be an individual. That's all I asked for. I let her do that. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to have a social life. I never, I was never allowed to have a social life. Mm-hmm. I have grown friends who are like, who still joke about the fact that I couldn't spend the night, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at their house. Like I let her have a social life. My mm-hmm. son too. Um, but are you fearful? Are you fearful of of some of her her harsh presence um, oh, yeah. in vocal yeah, yeah like yeah. you know just her being vocal about not giving a damn or saying some of the bad stuff about you in front of your kids um, you know as much as we love our parents I think as we get older the less we tolerate like alright and that you're not <laughs> you know what I'm saying um, do you feel like you're able to speak up to her now and say don't do that around my damn kids or don't say that in front of them or there's um, no point you don't talk back to a Haitian parent Okay. They don't care how grown you are. But you don't care about how it affects your chi- your children? What I do is I'm, I intercede for my children. Okay. So there was a body image thing that came up. My mother had said something really inappropriate to my son and had my son worried about his body. He's an overweight kid. But that's not what she was necessarily poking at. She was poking at a particular feature of his body. And the way she was kind of digging at it. Now, I didn't know this. My son came to me with this concern years ago. And I'm like, why is he worried about that? That's not something he should be worried about. Mm-hmm. Only to find out just this past year, like, she's been putting this in his head. So I, I remember how when I was growing up, my mom was very critical. I don't know if she was joking. That's another thing with, with Haitians. They're very sarcastic. You don't know if they're joking. I look back and think, oh, she was one of the funniest people I ever knew. Right. She used to joke about how I had ugly breasts. How come, mm-hmm. I didn't, how come I didn't have beautiful breasts like her? And I remember hating my breasts, wanting implants, you know, because she's like a natural double D, whatever. And I... I had to step back and think about that. Like, my mom did that to me. So I talked to my son, hey, you know my mom says mean things, right? He's like, yeah. And I explained to him, like, and I didn't even bring up what she was talking to him about. I said, when I was growing up, and this might be too TMI for you, but, you know, my mom used to tell me I had ugly breasts. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah. My mom used to tear up, tear, tear me up. Like, make but me I feel, feel like, like that's just kind of... But I told him, like, look, you're good the way you are. You, my mom says things because she doesn't know better. She doesn't know how to talk to people. Like, at some point... I can't be her. Is it less damaging, though, just because you intercede? No, but here's the thing. There are going to be people in the world who are going to make fun of my son. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? At some point, I have to let him know within himself, 
you know who you are. Right. You are what God made you. You okay. are perfect the way you are. Right. Don't get me wrong, son. You could probably use a little less sugar in your diet, but other than that, you're a great kid. You're, you know, you're a handsome kid. Like I constantly give him. I feel him like that. that's the chunky stage anyway. Like well, yeah, he's got to stretch out. But like, I just want him to know, and he knows that, and he's solid in who he is. Mm-hmm. So the world's gonna poke at you, son. Even the closest people to you are gonna poke at you. You need to know how to poke back or move on. You know, you can't let it affect you. I didn't get that speech. No one told me, Dominique, you're fine the way you are. No one told me, just because you're simple and quiet, you like jeans and t-shirts as opposed to earrings and necklaces and all this other stuff your mother wants to put on you, doesn't mean, you know, mm-hmm. you're not a good person. Doesn't mean you're not a whole person. The world is going to be mean. And that's the one thing I learned. Like, people are just mean. Mm-hmm. Whether it's gonna, it came from the closest people to you or the na- strangers. You just got to know how you're going to react to who. With my mom... The best way is just to ignore it. Just because I don't really want the drama and all the extra hooting and hollering that comes with it. Because okay. anytime you correct her, it becomes an issue. But I check other family members. Trust and believe. There have been plenty of family members who say something to my son. And I'm like, please don't do that. Don't ever do that again. If you do it again, I will curse you out loud. Do you feel like there's not a level of res- I mean, I get it. Haitian mom, right? But I feel like... I just... I wouldn't respect my mom as much if she was still... Uh, you know illustrating the same behaviors as as I was a kid me being an adult and now giving it to my kids you know what I'm saying like um do you do you feel like it's still kind of a fear there maybe or maybe you just feel like it's a cultural thing so it's okay um and not that I don't want to it's almost like an excuse almost no they don't fear her they don't fear my mom okay I will tell you that. They love her genuinely. Okay. They ask to go over there every now and again. So it's not like... And then she's a lot nicer to them than she was to me. I'll give you that. She's never hit them. She's made threats. But she's never, like, been as physically violent as she was always like Like, there's a... Right. Grandparents (laughs) are always different with the grandbabies. But it's her mannerisms, the way she speaks to them, that hasn't changed. That's been pretty consistent. But at the end of the day, like, my kids... I don't know, by the grace of God, they're really resilient. And I mm-hmm. I guess maybe they get that from me because I'm okay. still here yeah. and everything I've been through. But, like, they chalk it up to she's old and crazy and losing her mind. So what about your relationship with her now? Um, she lives 10 minutes from my house. I don't have a key to her house. She has every time, with the exception of the first time, she has been to my house three times when I'm not home. That's the only time she seems to want to come over is when I'm not home. Okay. Um, but the first time when I first moved in, when there was no furniture, she was in there. It makes me sad that I don't have a Beyonce Knowles and whatever, Carolyn Knowles relationship with my mom. It mm-hmm. makes me mad that I can't go to my mom when I'm heartbroken mm-hmm. uh, or when I'm sad or frustrated. I will say this, put a pin in this because I need to make this clear. If ever I did go to my mom with a complaint, she would fight hellfire for me. How do you know? It's never... I could easily say, because well, I'm still her little girl. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I could say, Mommy, this person hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And she'll go to bat for me. She really would. I would. Well, what about, Mommy, you hurt my feelings? That's the one thing she can't accept. You can't tell, you can't tell people the truth about themselves. You can't she... put the mirror in front of them and be like, look at you. Look at you. Hey. And tell them, you fucked up. Here's A through Z. I feel like we why. have to, though. But that's what, I, and but I'm not even asking, just with like that's parental thing, relationship. You're, you're asking for too much from someone who doesn't know enough. It'd be different if this was a person who had 
been in the know, has been reading stuff. This is the same person who told me my daughter was a Because she hasn't accepted it for herself. She's not going to be able to accept it from you. I'm not even saying accept it for herself that it, it even exists. Like, but it doesn't. Like and like and I'm not even saying it from like, for her. Like, I'm not even saying this is for her. I'm saying this is for you. I can't sit there and wait, waste my life hoping that this woman gets it. She's getting old. The older she gets, the more set in her way she gets. Don't get me wrong. She's made little adjustments. But this is a person who is, like, there is no getting through to that. She has, she has to deal with the demons that she has from her childhood before she can even begin to fathom the things she put me through. So, but because she refuses to, she's blocked it all off. Mm-hmm. Because she refuses to release. Like, a lot of it, I think, is regressive. Like, she's re- pushed those memories so far and she's compartmentalized them and mm-hmm. knocked them away. She f- remembers them every now and again. And I see little glimpses of it. Okay. I hear it. But like, and I get that until she can recognize and deal with her own shit, she's never going to be able to fathom what she did to her daughter. Yeah, and how to and accept I, hearing it. And I get that. However, Dom, what are you going to do for you to restore this? I I think I'm whole. I may not know who I am, but I'm whole. What makes you whole now? I mean, my life has been pretty uh, tumultuous. But I can look back and say, look, I lived through that. Okay. And not only did I live through it, I, I flipped the shit and turned around. Mm-hmm. And not once. And no one, don't get me wrong, up until recently I've asked around like for whatever help I needed. But prior to that, no one can ever say Dominique is just a begging fool. Okay. No one can say that. Okay. I've paid my rent. I pay my dues. Yeah. I do everything I'm supposed to do. No yeah. one can say Dominique has ever been on her ass and look like it. Like, I may not, you know, dress fancy, but, like, can't mm-hmm. nobody ever say I look like a bum. So you're, like, can you honestly say that you're not a damaged person then anymore? I am a cracked pot. Everybody who knows mm-hmm. that fable knows the cracked pot. There's a pot. A guy has two pots, one cracked, one not cracked. Mm-hmm. He carries them on the spit between them mm-hmm. with water. The cracked pot feels bad because he's cracked, and as the water bearer is carrying it, the water's leaking out while the other one's holding the water to take to the village. And that crack pot gets old and he's like crying and the guy talks to the pot and says, hey, did you ever notice the ground beneath you is filled with flowers? Yeah. I only carried you because you were cracked. Mm. Crack doesn't mean useless. Crack doesn't mean you're broken. Crack means you have a different purpose. Mm. And at this point, like, I'm fixing what damage I can okay. by being better for my kids. Absolutely. I, I'm so far gone that I don't think certain wounds can be healed, just constantly tended to. Right. And that's fine. I know I know who and how I can take care of that between therapy, between friends, between meditation, between whatever I need to get there to get back on my square. How important is that right there? How important is it for you to um, understand what you need for yourself to get over a lot of this parental toxicity? What would be your advice to folks um, who have had similar experiences who have undergone so much shit growing up that was out of their control. Um, They may or may not be able to speak to their parents about it. Um, They still hold on to some of it because we as women, we carry so much. We carry so much. Um, And until we start peeling that onion back and really getting to that nucleus to figure out what it is that we need to close that door and not put a band-aid on it. I mean, go in and do some 
dissecting some surgery to pull out whatever that infectious thing is that has held us so deeply for most of our lives, what is it that we need to do to reconcile that, to get past it, to become stronger women? One big thing is, so part of what helped me was my parents are still here and I'm grateful, but like I imagine them dead. Mm. What if I never get that closure? How am I going to move on? Because if they're dead, I'm never going to get that moment mm-hmm. that, you know, that mea culpa, okay. that, that heart to heart. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to get that because they're dead. How do I cope? So at that point, I have to accept ownership for some of the shit that I did. Mm. I accept the ownership for some of the dumb decisions that I made based on my childhood. Right. Because whether or not you were, like, whether or not you were, you knew the difference between right and wrong. Unless you were just, you had some real shit parents. I was definitely taught the difference between right and wrong. And I knew better, but I didn't do better. So I have to accept those areas where I knew better and still didn't do better. Okay. Um, and forgive yourself. And that's the hardest part is forgiving your younger self for the person who you are now. Mm. And where you are now. Because your younger self is what made these decisions that brought you to this point. And the person that you are now, you have to not lose hope for by just saying, look, I'm still here. I've been through a lot of shit, but I'm still here. That's another opportunity for me to fix it. And so you just have to explore stuff. Like like I said, find a therapist, one that looks like you. And I'm saying this for our black people because we need a black woman who is in the same socioeconomic like, idea as you to mm-hmm. really understand you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you got locks... Find somebody who got lots because they're going to understand you just that much more. I'm not even joking. Mm-hmm. Simple little shit like that will help you connect to a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist, whoever you decide to see. But really, just check your benefits. Get that help. That's a big thing. Absolutely. Make sure she looks like you. Um, really finding the time to love yourself. And that's hard. It is so hard. They make it sound like it's easy. Mm-hmm. If you grew up like I did, it is not easy to love yourself. Mm-hmm. But start with the things that you do like about yourself. Me, for a long time, I had self-esteem issues. I don't like the way I look. Face, body. just mm-hmm. I would just start, okay, I like to draw. I love the fact that you like to read, Dominique. You read a lot of good books. Not just that regular books that everybody mm-hmm. reads, but you really stretch you know, yeah, your knowledge. knowledge yeah. You know what I mean? That's, start with those little things and get in tune with those little things that you really appreciate about yourself whether it's oh I pick cute shoes or I keep my toes and fingers done whatever it is start there and baby step it until you can look in the mirror and say I like you as a whole person Mm. you're not perfect but I like you as a whole person like everything about you and as you're going through all those little things you'll realize you know I don't don't really like this part of myself I can fix this Mm -hmm. and let's attack this and really focus on it because no matter how many times you tell your parents, no matter whether or not they get it, mm-hmm. it's never going to change your experience. It's never going to change what you actually went through. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get that release like, oh, finally, you get it. But it's never going to change the fact that you went through that shit and it right. changed you. Right. So that's why a big reason you really got to let that whole getting through to your parents shit go. Mm-hmm. And then if you have kids, like I said, I can't say it enough. Raise them like a person. Don't. Raise them like a child who is inferior to you, who is a subjugated member of your house. Raise them like how you want to be spoken to. Treat them how you would have wanted to be treated at five, mm-hmm. six, seven, fifteen. Like, 
they're a person you're going to send off into the world. Try to make them as whole as possible and give them those tools. And the biggest thing, and it's hard for a lot of parents, but being honest with your kids, if you was a whole back in the day, go ahead and tell them you was a whole back in the day. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You know what I mean? Because so, they need to see the, all the all the sides of you. They, yeah. not, they need to know how imperfect you are. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you're still their parents. You still run the house. Like, look, I may have done this, but because of that, I know when you do this. Right. Absolutely. Kylie can't get shit by me. Like, she really it. can't. I get it. But because I'm so open with her about my life, I don't have any secrets with my child. Yeah. But, like, just, yeah. Raise them as your, as a person. Like, that's a big thing. Yeah. But that helps you heal. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. You know? I'm, I'm right there with you. I just, I just know that there's a lot of women um, I know in the community have said, made comments about um, their childhood and parents and things like that. So this is a great perspective and just um, being able to just uncover some of that. And like you said, you know, I love your analogy about the crack pot. It's just your purpose just may be different. Um, instead of thinking that it was supposed to be something else, we got to start thinking about um, who we are as people, um, as an individual, as a woman, um, and what truly is our purpose. Um, I know that you are a dynamic individual. I know that you are extremely talented. You're an artist. You're a creator. Um, you're a phenomenal mother. I see some of some of those hurts sometimes in you and we speak we have several conversations about our past and things like that and you you have not let it control you or take over you um and i see that exemplified in your children because they are such amazing kids um so we see your worth you know we see your your confidence we see your your purpose um and we thank you for sharing your story with us thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity for Sharing up a little bit of my jacked up life. <laughs> it's not jacked up. <laughs> You're all good. But um, thanks so much for coming. Oh, yeah. Boo boo. Hashtag she before me. <laughs> <laughs> and we out. <laughs>